Dead men tell no tales. Fifteen men loaded in man's chest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. Drink and the devil had done for the rest. Yo ho ho and a bottle of rum. What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? What will we do with the drunken sailor? The ship with black sails that's crewed by the damned. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Black Pearl Show, a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from ScottArtis.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Yeah, we know, we know. Black Pearl Minute. That's where you're from. So visit it. Thanks for joining us as we roll out. <laughs> I don't update it, by the way. Scott does. <laughs> <I'm telling you>. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the Simon Twins. It says, uh, quality podcasting since March. Wait, we started in December. Okay, quality podcasting <laughs> since December 2017, but... Uh, marketing genius, yeah, there you go. Thanks for 16, joining us. 16, by the way. 16. Not yeah. 17. Oh, it has been that long. Yeah. yeah. Woo. Thanks for joining us as we roll the dice on minute 84, Dead Man's Chest. There you go. Some direct reference to the previous minute. And this minute. In the previous minute, on a warm summer's even, on a ship bound for nowhere, met up with a gambler. We were both too tired to sleep, so we took turns of staring. Off the deck at the darkness... So boredom overtook us, and he began to speak. I was going to sing it, but I don't want to do that. He said, son, I've made a life out of reading people's faces and knowing what their cards were by the way they held their eyes. Because I don't want Adam, the actual singer-listener, to then comment on my singing abilities. I'd just rather bask in my own glory in my head. <laughs> by the way, they held their eyes. So if you don't mind me saying, I can see you're out of aces. For some years off my service, I'll give you some advice. You got to know when... Dot, dot, dot. Nothing says stopping a song. I mean a minute. Just before the climax. And that's what you get. We don't even get the chorus there. No? It's ridiculous. Because then the minute ended in the previous minute. Minute 84 begins with the Flying Dutchman crew, Will and Bootstrap, listening to the thumping of Davy Jones' crab peg leg on the wooden deck as he approaches. Clanker laughs at Will and the approaching opponent. The thunder claps and the lightning flashes as Jones arrives downstairs. The minute ends with Davy Jones asking Will, How do you know... Of the key. Will replies, that's not part of the game, is it? As Will sits down while keeping his eyes focused on Davy Jones. Do you really comment to this fish face like that? I think he does. I like what's going on here. He likes shows his authority. That's, that's not right. how you play the game. He is doing that. Wow. He's jumping in. It's like crazy talk, right? Exactly. You know, I wasn't really all that excited about this minute for some reason. No? No. Until I made a hell of a discovery. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. And I say hell not just for emphasis, but it's literally devilish. But I'm not going to tell you yet. Well, that's rude. I'm keeping this until the end. This is how I'm going to get everybody to the end of the show. Dangling this fruit. Good good thinking. After I run through the rest of my bullet points and notes, then you'll get it. And I knew I let the symbolism discussion dissipate for far too long. And yeah... Mentioned it last minute, came back the previous minute, but this one, damn, it's awesome, and I almost didn't catch it. 
This is crazy good. I'm tooting my own horn on this one already. Okay, it'll be here. Like a tease for the audience, you know? You and know? you. I'm really excited about it, and I didn't even look it up on the internet to see if it already had been discovered. I don't want to take the wind out of my own discovery stage here. <laughs> one of those things, if I looked and found it, I might actually be a bit sad. It's like thinking of a great domain name, only to find it's been thought of long ago by someone else, okay? And you ended up playing the commentary, and I didn't hear Terry or Ted talk about it. And so I was relieved. I thought, oh man, they're just going to spoil it. They're going to talk about it. No, they didn't. That's how excited I am about this. Wow. But for now, the one thing that caught my attention in this minute is when Davy Jones and Will are discussing the stakes of the game, just like you were saying, Jones has all this confidence until Will breaks out the key drawing, okay? Mm-hmm. Even his voice changes, Davy Jones there. Right. Gets a bit more subdued, right? Yeah. Almost like he's been humbled by Will. This authority Will has. It's, yeah, it's weird. Will is just dominating and then throws out the key, which like discombobulates and confuses Davy Jones. It, it like makes him take a step back. Yeah. Because he wasn't expecting that. Of all the things that Will could throw out as a bet or the stakes for the bet, this is not what he expected at all. Right. He thinks of Will as this naive boy. Oh, whatever. And then he throws out the key. That's what was crazy. And I expect a quivering lip like the whipping Will incident. But this time, quivering from being shocked, Will knows about the key. Not the quivering of, ooh, this is this is a tasty punishment treat. Here. Right. Now, I can completely confirm this as one of the die is not actually visible from the top. But I'd venture to say that when the dice are slapped down and the cup is lifted, and this is by Will. Yeah. They're actually sequential. He's got a streak going on. It's like a Yahtzee thing. Well, not really Yahtzee. But hey, one, two, three, four, hmm. five is what he got. I thought there were two fives under there. What are you doing? No. See, you're already lost because your perception, and this is retribution for when you gave me the transition BS, is I'm talking about before the game's even started. The dice oh. are just put on the table. Oh. They're just sitting there. We're not talking the game is played. So you need to, you got to step back I didn't in your look thinking. that closely. That's at right, them you didn't, because point. you forgot about the whole analyze and scrutinize. That's why I'm here. I'm here to deliver the message to the masses. So that's what I thought was interesting. The dice are just sitting there in sequential order. And that sets the stage for Will. Do you see him stare down Jones as you were talking about this? And I'm talking to the audience here. You got to see him stare down Jones. He's got the <laughs> poker face already started. Yeah. Because he knows it's the game of deception. Yeah, he's staring dead into Jones's eyes and doesn't even look away when sitting down at the table for Liar's Dice. He keeps focused on it. Yeah. It's like he does, they're playing a staring contest and he doesn't want to not look at his eyes anymore. However that would work. That's my big takeaway. Brazen Will, ready to lay all the cards on the table, do what he needs to do to save Elizabeth. His eye is always on the ball. Heaving balls. God. Yeah. Maybe still thinking of... His time at Port Royal Jail with Elizabeth. It's possible. What? Really? That's possibly what he was thinking about. Well, I'm sure he's been thinking about that a lot. That and Estrella. He didn't see Estrella. He may have. No. Elizabeth probably talked about it. No, I doubt that. She did. You just think that's what women talk about. (laughs) (laughs) While they're having pillow fights. How dare you? That's what it... How dare you break that mythology? (laughs) During the men's club, we know what women do. We talk about it. Women really do behind the scenes. Yeah. 
I'm going to throw down my dice and say the script is better than the actual scene we get in the final movie. I was uh, talking about oh, this really? yesterday. Yeah. I keep saying yesterday, but it's because I'm still on that like daily podcast thing, but it's really Monday. The other day. Or whatever today is. Wednesday. There we go. At least at this stage kind of thing, the script is better, I think. Because the thing is that they kind of rearrange the script a bit and produce the final movie cut. For one, we don't get... All the liar's dice rules. And I talked about that yesterday. Yeah. Damn it. Yesterday. Monday. And I talked about that Monday. It's quick. It's simple in the script. Guess Terry and Ted had more faith in the general public than Gore did. Because the script, the conversation between Will and Bootstrap, he said, Bootstrap comes in and says, wondering how it's played. Will responds, I get it. You can raise number of dice or number of pips. That's it. That's all he says. Yeah. Then it goes into what we see in the film. What are they wagering? That was it. That was the tiny bit of rules exposition that we got. Right. And that's why I was arguing with you on no, Monday. No, that's in the script. The movie is much longer. Oh. You're flipping things. No, the movie is much longer than that. That was the entire thing in the script. Because the script calls for an initial game also between Jones and Will before the key is even mentioned or wagered. Hmm. There's a whole nother game that's played. Oh, really? Instead, Will says he will wager everything he owns. Davy says back, I only bet for what's dearest to a man's heart. Else there's no way to tell if he's bluffing. What a man is willing to risk or not risk, that's the measure of his soul. Will then blurts out, I wager 100 years of service against his father's freedom. And then Will would win yeah. his father's freedom in the script. Right. During the first game. That's what happens. It kind of goes through this whole process. Okay. That's then what happens when maybe things later on when there's a game being played. We see some action with Bootstrap. Hmm. But it's important to point out that Bootstrap in the script would have been a free man at that point. Right. So there you go. So it's more than just 100 years of service. It's actually a free man now with 100 years of service. It's not like going from 100 to 200 years of service. It's actually he would have been free and now getting back into this game. Okay. And... Will, as we hear, then jumps in with an eternity of service. So he just bypasses the whole 100 years aspect. He's like, I'm in this forever. Yeah. That's what's going on with that. It's also some nice character details in this minute. We get a lot of movement from our Flying Dutchman crew. Them all in their slimy glory there. Because <laughs> there's just a lot of going on with all the characters. Moving parts that, like, it gives you that sea life vibe. Right. The muscles are in and out, feather dusters and enemies, dangling fins. I mean, all of it is going on. ILM like knocks it out of the park. There, I said it again. They do. It's incredible. It's crazy, yeah. There's a dude behind Will who has a real mouth issue. He's got those little things yeah. on his mouth. He has an enemy mouth. Yeah. Be because of the mouth thing, it's clearly the like the sarlacc pit is what it looks like. Because there's a mouth incorporated oh, in Oh, yeah, that. yeah, you're right. If you look closely, you can actually see a little Boba Fett in there. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'm almost out. It's like, why did they kill me in such a dumb way? <laughs> Sarlacc anemone mouth. That's Quittance. I also like the name Quittance. It's a good old school pirate feel to it. Yes. Thank you, Automaton. It, it's a little like the Quincy. Quincy. Isn't Quincy off Jaws or what's his name? Off hey, how dare you? Quincy, MD, was a TV show. Okay. Oh, I don't know that. Medical exam. M-E, What's the guy's MD. name Quincy, on Jaws then? Klugman, I think his name was. Jack Klugman. Jaws is Quince. Okay. And not Quincy. 
Okay. How dare so you? So the same thing. He's on the orca. The both the orca. Same thing. It is the same thing. It's funny because quintance means a release or discharge from a debt or obligation. Oh, really? Yeah. Which is basically the exact opposite of his life and servitude yeah. on the Flying Dutchman. That's weird. It's interesting. Some irony. Oh, the irony. Numerous sea creatures became assimilated into his body, because we're talking Quintins here, including a moray eel in his chest, a clam that took the place of his right eye, and an enemy for a mouth. We already talked about the sarlacc. Seaweed for hair and starfish hands. Sounds like an insult. Get out of here, you starfish hands. His entire anatomy became similar to that of a starfish, actually, giving Quintins the ability to regenerate damaged or lost limbs. Wow, lucky him. Yeah, that sounds pretty awesome. The the eel has interest in... In, uh, you know, even know what's going on over Will. there. Will. Oh, there you go. The hamster woke up. Yeah. Started turning. He's that. got interest in Will. He's like poking its head out. Yeah, it really is a cool out Will. thing. I I never noticed it until this. Minute until by I minute told breakdown. you. Arr! A, that's a pirate R for you on that one. <laughs> I'm gonna send you to the deep. It's portrayed by the late Mark Joseph. Died in April of 2017. Oh, really? Quintance. 11 TV film credits that include mostly shorts and TV parts. I didn't find much on him except his actor's reel was on YouTube. Just some clips with his acting and started off by saying he was represented by Almond Talent Agency. Oh, really? Because they were marketing him way back in the day. Huh. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, I thought it was pretty interesting. I mean, it was not like a highfalutin actor's reel, but uh, there you go. It was enough to get the job done, possibly. I don't know if you have... Do you have really kind of anything more that you want to talk about or do you have any notes i think hammerhead kind of looks a little Macus. cartoon like yeah now because i'm going to talk about some of the cg later in the next couple of minutes next yeah. minute or so but it goes back and forth there's some really good photorealistic character stuff here yeah and then there's some that uh, we didn't really put all the time into it because we were doing other things. Yeah. So I think that's what it did is it just came down to budget for some of it and time. But there was a focus on like Davy Jones because that was where some of the close-ups were. And some of these other guys were in the background. But when you actually have it on a large 4K television, it's much different than on a laptop screen, for instance. Because especially when all of them are huddled around the table playing Liar's Dice, the yeah. Flying Dutchman crew, that's more... On the edge of cartoon-like than it is in some of the other shots. Like when we see Davy Jones and when the key and all that kind of stuff. Where he is just, this is a real guy. Yeah. So that is some of the differences. So I, uh, you know, since we're kind of talking about Davy Jones there. There's something I, yeah. So I'm really excited about this. And it's almost like I don't know where to start. Because this is the moment that I've been waiting for. I'm sure everybody out there is going, oh my god. What kind of ball is he going to drop on us? Yeah, that's how excited you should be. Because I hope everyone else thinks this is awesome as well. So I started things off with this look of Will's dice. Remember the whole sequential, five sequential numbers kind of thing? Yeah. Seemed to be like a straight. Yeah. Which I thought was interesting that that's what would happen. That was all I caught at the time. However, in a later shot, we see both Davy Jones and Will's dice on the table. They're just sitting there. This is before they start playing. We don't get any playing action in this minute. Okay. Firstly, or actually secondly, since the sequential numbers would technically be the firstly. But secondly, what caught my attention was the blatant symbolisms of good and evil. Blatant. I mean, it's blatant. It's a trope a black for and sure. White? Yeah. Will's dice are white. Davy yeah, Jones' dice are black. Yeah. Did you? Yeah. You didn't bring it up. I just did. 
You just did. You read my mind where I was going. How no. dare you? I see. How dare you? Okay. You know what? I'm doubling down then. I threw you a bone. You tried to horn swoggle it from me. Steal my thunder. But this one, oh, the granddaddy of them all, you don't have this. I started it off easy to see if you try and steal, but this one, you don't. It doesn't get more good versus evil than that as far as TV and movies go, black and white, okay? Yeah. Classic symbolism, which is a subtle yet always effective reference. It's everywhere. That's why it's a trope, okay? Yes. But here's the big slap in the face, especially for someone trying to steal my ideas over there. Cross the table from the where the real action happens on the show. I told you Will's dice were these sequential numbers one through five. Yes. But Davy Jones's dice are not sequential. Here are the numbers, and let me see if you see this in your mind's eye. Okay, you ready? Nope. You ready to calculate yes. and do things? No, not calculate. Okay, his five dice. Three, 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 six. So basically four threes and one six. Okay? Yeah. Do you see it yet? Yeah, it's six, six, six. Yes! Dude, two threes equals six. The other twos... The other two threes equal the six. And then there's a six. It's six freaking six, six. Six. Something like that. The mark of the beef. <laughs> Davy Jones dice are clearly six, six, six. Huh. That's what's sitting on the freaking table. Is that not crazy town? It is crazy. That's what they put there. That subtle freaking reference. And he ferries the souls of those who died at sea to the next world. As we all know, in modern popular culture, 666 has become one of the most widely recognized symbols of the Antichrist, or alternatively, the devil. Right. The number 666 is purportedly used to invoke Satan. Davy Jones, his dice, his black dice, his black soul, 666. It's heartless body. I, that's crazy. I just was yeah. like, what the hell? That's why I didn't want to look it up, because I wanted to be the discoverer of it. <laughs> Possibly, because I can't confirm yet because I was afraid to go to the internet, you may have heard about it here first. His dice are freaking 666. That blew me away. That's crazy. Because I like the symbolism aspect. And when I saw that, I just was, oh my God, uh, uh, one of them paid off. It was actually like a payoff. <laughs> That's what got me excited about it. Because it wasn't clearly an accident. It's not no, like they just arranged no way. it. It's very, it's like interesting. Maybe I was more excited about this than everyone else, but this is like the mother of all symbols to uncover, especially in Pirates of the Caribbean. It just was weird. It's like something I'd expect to see in The Exorcist if they're playing dice. But here, there it is. In the Exorcist. <laughs> it's just weird. I was just, yeah, it just blew me away that that was how deep the symbolism ran. I was yeah. expecting white dice and black dice, but then I thought, you know what? I'm just going to take a look at the dice more closely, and that's, that's what I caught. Because I wasn't even going to look at Will's dice, and I don't even know what the sequential numbers mean. What does that mean? That everything's lining up for Will? See, and this is where I can just, my mind will go down this weird symbolism route, and I'm starting to connect things that don't connect and trying to make stuff up. But when I saw the 666 thing, then I go, wait, I don't have to try and make something up. Because it's this is there. established. It's here. And that's that's what got me excited. And this is like, then, the perfect episode. I'm going to have to find some... It's almost like we can play that Johnny Cash ain't no grave thing or something. Or there's even some other ones that Johnny Cash has that maybe is more apocalyptic. And I can't think of the name actually right now, but he has one where he actually like quotes some of the revelations verses. So maybe maybe that's what we have to go out on. 
There you go. We're going to have to go out on some Johnny Cash because there's a complete tie-in to Pirates of the Caribbean with Dead Men Tell No Tales. And now there's a tie-in to uh, The Mark of the Beast. And definitely by the Code of the Pirate Brethren, since I've been mentioning that lately, I have to end this show on the apocalypse. If I mention it, I have to end on it. And it's been quite a while since I was actually able to wrap things up with apocalypse talk. It has been. And today, 666. It's the mother of all apocalyptic talk. That came out weird. Yeah. There you go. But anyways, you know what I'm saying. In my weird fetish of a way, I got to say apocalypse. <laughs> and it wasn't something I made up. It was actually in the movie. Antichrist. Davy Jones. What does that tell you? Good versus evil. It's right there on the screen. It's more than just white dice versus black dice. It's actually in the numbers. We're getting into numerology again. We're going to have to go back to season one because I think we talked about some numerology. I think we did. So there you go. It just shows the, the craziness that we get into on this show. Trying to connect things. But this one, yeah, came home. Oh, tickled my heart. <laughs> the apocalypse tickled my heart. I'm not sure why I understand what that means. I'm not sure either. I'm not sure I want to say that anymore. No. Break out the Ouija board. Because we'll be back with minutes 85 of Dead Man's Chest. Until then, scallywags, let's keep the horn swoggling and the mark of the beef <laughs> to a minimum. I think okay. that's probably good. That's probably that's really good, actually. Yeah, we don't want a bunch of Mark of the Beast action going no, on. No, we don't want any going on. But Dead Man's Chest, word, we'll let it slide. The noise of thunder. One of the four beasts saying, come and see. And I saw, and behold, a white horse. There's a man going round taking names and he decides who to free and who to blame everybody won't be treated all the same there'll be a golden ladder reaching down You've been listening to The Black Pearl Show, and we appreciate it, scallywags. Heather, I know you're still on pirate time and kicking back with the booze, but you may have noticed... Actually, who am I kidding? The only thing you've noticed lately is the inside of the Faithful Bride Tavern. Anyways, our procrastination has paid off yet again and Season 2 is here and we are willfully unprepared. Maybe we can distract people with a Jack Sparrow wave of the hands and send people across that thing called the internet. Check us out on Facebook.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, Twitter.com slash Black Pearl Men, Instagram.com slash Black Pearl Show, SoundCloud.com slash Pirates of the Caribbean, that's for best of clips, and by all means give us a plug and review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, mateys. Oh, and let's not forget the Facebook Cursed Crew listeners group for post-episode discussions. That's actually a lot to remember, especially if you're in a foggy haze like Heather. Just go to blackpearlshow.com and everything is there at the click of a button. Perhaps I should have just said that from the beginning. This is a Shoutreach Media Production. Pirates don't need no stinking disclaimers, but just for fun. I think all you dirty, filthy bilge rats know that Disney and Bruckheimer Films have no affiliation with us at all, and we have none with those blooming cockroaches. We talk about Pirates of the Caribbean, which is their property, and all that other fun stuff. 
but I think it's obvious what's ours and what's theirs. There's no need to blur the lines or stir up a bloody rum-filled sweat. As for the music, that's with permission or licensed under Creative Commons. So let's give a shout-out to Ross Bugden, Six Nail Coffin, and Tommy Wynn. The rest? Well, that's just me. Oh, and maybe Heather. <laughs>